Hi everyone. Just a quick message to thank our Patreons. This show is a one-man operation, and sometimes the costs of running the show make me wonder whether it's worthwhile. You guys answer that question for me. Our Patreons not only receive the episodes earlier than everyone on the standard feed, they also get extra episodes in the break in between seasons. I, like you, support the shows I listen to through Patreon. However, some people have asked if there's an alternate way that they can support the show. So, I'm glad to announce that if you're willing to support the content you listen to, you can go and buy me a coffee. It's a new website which allows you to make a one-time donation. And you can find the link for that, along with our Patreon link, in the show notes. Again, thank you to all of our supporters. You really do allow the show to continue. Live from Liverpool, The Dark Paranormal, Season 3. Hello, and welcome back to The Dark Paranormal. I'd like to say thank you to everybody who reached out regarding last week's episode, When the Dead Speak. Your comments and feedback really let me know that we're doing something right here. So, sincerely, thank you. If you have some comments or feedback, or indeed a story that you'd like to share, you can send it in to thedarkparanormal@hotmail.com. Today's true paranormal experience comes in from an anonymous writer. And it's the first of its kind, to my knowledge. I've never before received an email where activity is taking place during the writing of the email. It was exceptionally chilling to read it the first time, and now I'm looking forward to sharing it with all of you. But first, I need to say a big thank you to those people who've supported this small independent podcast, be that through Patreon or by buying the show a coffee. And those people are Lana Lieski, Mandalay Walschläger, Jennifer Mullen, Ghost Poop, Lauren Matos, Logan, Mackenzie, and WT. Thank you so much for your contributions to the show. It literally is the reason you're hearing my voice now. And now it's time for this week's true paranormal experience. So please leave your disbelief at the door and join me once more in the dark paranormal. I'm writing to you to tell you about my ongoing paranormal experience. I'm not sure where to start. I suppose, the beginning. A quick aside. And I've noticed this happens whenever I try to discuss this. My lights are flickering as I type. This is nothing new, sadly. Whatever it is that's decided to accompany me throughout my life, seems to take a dislike at being brought to the surface. I know you've previously discussed the idea of tulpas, the eastern idea of a thought form that takes life the more attention you pay it. Well, this doesn't feel too dissimilar. However, like some annoying tiny stain on the wall, once noticed, 
It drags your attention to it each time you think you have everywhere clean. For full disclosure, I'm a writer from the east coast of America. However, before anyone assumes this email is some desperate attempt to grab attention to my writing career, I do wish to remain anonymous. Names and places will be changed. I'm sharing this story as this seems like a safe place to do so and also to reiterate the point that these things happen to everyday people. To people who didn't ask for it and don't want it. So anyway, the beginning. I was adopted shortly after birth and I don't know and even after all this have never wanted to know, who my birth parents were. My parents are the people who brought me up. My mother, Amanda, and my late father, Michael. I've learned blood, in truth, stands for very little when it comes to relationships. What should have maybe been a red flag was that I grew up surrounded by religious imagery. Paintings of the Virgin Mary, Jesus on the cross, crosses made out of palm leaves, rosary beads. Oh, and couple that with the fact my parents actually weren't religious. We didn't go to church. I didn't go to a faith school. Yet, I still didn't question this iconography around my home. When I was about ten years old, I was alone in the nearby playground. I was a weird kid and would often take a book and go and sit out in the local playground after school as the neighbourhood had very few kids and therefore the playground was often deserted. I went over to my usual spot on one of the two swings and pulled out my book. All of a sudden, it felt like a blanket was thrown over my head. I'll stress it hadn't in real life. I could still see. I could still move. The swing was still swaying, but something literally came over me. I closed my book and looked around and behind. I was still alone. I brought the swing to a stop and held my book in my lap and listened. It was deathly quiet. I'd never thought to listen to the neighbourhood from this spot before. I'd never noticed that it was this quiet. No birds, no cars, no wind. I tapped my book to make sure I wasn't actually losing my hearing. Nope, I heard each tap. Then, out of the corner of my eye, movement. The swing next to me started slowly moving, wobbling more than swinging. I stood and backed away to the frame of the swing. As I looked on, the swing picked up pace. How? There was no wind. I ran as fast as I could, dropping my book and sprinting until my chest hurt and I made it home. My mother could see how panicked I was and through each gasp I explained what happened in the playground. Her face seemed deeply concerned and she took my hand and led me back to the playground, despite my objections. As we approached the playground, I realised sounds were back. 
birds, cars, life. And I instantly recognised that this was the familiar sound I'd subconsciously associated with the playground, meaning that the silence of earlier, the blanket sensation, was real. There's your book, said Mum, pointing to the swings. The book was placed on the seat of one of the swings. I feel I should explain. Yes, it could be argued someone came into the park, found the book and placed it on the seat. However, to give some perspective, the playground to my house was a straight run. You could see the park from my house. Ergo, given the minimal time I spent in the house before I was pulled back there by mum, we should have seen anyone who'd arrived at the playground or was on their way out after replacing the book. Mum put it down to my overactive imagination. However, that night, I noticed there was another palm-leaf cross stuck behind one of my posters. Just to pull back to the present for a moment, I'm now writing this by the light of my laptop. My lights turned off midway through typing that last paragraph. I've just put them back on now. It sounds obvious to say, but that day when I felt the blankets go over me, it was like the start of everything. I became, well, I won't say psychic, by far, but I became more aware. I could, and I know how this sounds, sense things, like how animals felt. I could sit in a recently vacated chair and be filled with information about the person who had just been sitting in it. Around 12 years old, I broke down crying in a diner after staring at an old man and his daughter a few tables across. They were smiling and laughing, but I could feel their pain emanating across the room. I just knew he was terminally ill, and that they were both trying their best to enjoy his final days and make happy memories, but it seemed too forced and far too sad. I was overwhelmed and just broke down. My parents were confused why I was just breaking down crying in the middle of a diner, and they arranged for me to see a doctor. Obviously, I didn't tell the doctor the truth. In addition, I just knew the doctor had recently found out her husband had been cheating on her. I could feel her sadness and her lack of concentration, her desire to focus in order to become preoccupied so it didn't hurt so much. Due to these intense feelings, I became more reclusive than I already was. The few friends I had stopped calling, largely because I would always make an excuse why I couldn't go out and play. Interestingly, this heightened empathy didn't happen with mum or dad, so home became a safe place for me to stay. Also, school actually helped. I loved school. I loved learning. And I found that if my mind was occupied, I could block out this ability. I slowly learned techniques, including mind occupation, to block it out. Funnily enough, 
be it psychosomatic or not. Wearing a crucifix seemed to dull the sensations immensely. I've thought about this since. I'm wearing one today as I type. Folklore-wise, it would imply that this ability may not be 100% God-given. I had my first sighting of something possibly related to all of this when I got my first job in a local mall. I worked the meat counter and was mainly back and forth to the walk-in freezer out the back of the building. To explain the layout, behind the counter was a large communal space. There was a small break room area, but also space for small trucks to pass through to the different areas of the mall. Behind this area was the walk-in freezer, and it opened both sides, one leading into the mall and one allowing the freezer to be stocked direct from a loading van on the street behind. I walked through the breakout room and a colleague was sat drinking coffee. I nodded a hello and he nodded back. I walked through, opened the freezer, picked up two legs of lamb, closed the freezer and walked back through. Whoa! shouted the guy having his coffee, jumping to his feet. He'll die in there, bro, he shouted, walking towards the freezer, whilst glaring at me. I'm... I'm sorry, I replied. Dude, the guy who went in with you, you've left him in there. The man was now opening the top and bottom latches of the freezer. There there was no one with me, I said. The man walked into the freezer. Hey, he shouted, walking through and looking around. I walked back to the freezer entrance. I wasn't with anyone, I repeated. Dude, there was an old guy with you at your side. I just waved at you both, man. The freezer had nothing to do with the chill that just shot down my spine. This guy just wouldn't let it go. How did he get out? Did he run past you? I just shook my head. Listen, I have to get back to the counter, I said. Later that day, the guy came to my counter. Dude, you need to see this. I followed him to the security room where the store manager, the head of security and a few office workers were all stood around a computer screen. Who's your pal? Smiled the store manager, nodding towards the screen. Play it again, someone said, and the security guard clicked his mouse and the screen started into life. It was camera footage of the breakout area. I could see the guy who'd just grabbed me up here, sitting down, enjoying his coffee. Then, I appear from the left. And then, my eyes nearly popped out of their sockets. Gasps fill the little viewing room we found ourselves in. As there, clearly on the screen, was an elderly gentleman walking about a hen-step behind me. He stayed that close as we disappear off to the right. Then I return alone, holding two legs of lamb and talking to the rather animated guy enjoying his break. He looks real to me. That's a ghost, man. There's something evil about that place. Conversations started up around me whilst I just stared at the screen. 
the chill I just had told me this guy was something to do with everything I'd experienced up to that point. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. I decided I would go to see a medium to see if I could get any answers. The first three I tried were all charlatans. Hell, I could see more about them than they could with me. The fourth person was a guy in his mid-forties. Cropped grey hair and a small goatee beard. Think of a typical university lecturer and you'd be closer than any picture I could draw. He literally threw the door open and said, Wow. He then apologised and invited me in. All the while, he was looking around me, as if I had flies around me. I sat down and told him everything that had happened to me up to that point, and he listened with earnest, his eyes becoming more stable, but still occasionally looking around my periphery. I have no idea what this is, he said. Brilliant. He could have saved us both some time by saying that at the start. I will say that I've never seen energy like this. You have a surrounding. It's as if something is gripping you like it's drowning. You're its life jacket and it's smothering you to stay vital. Vital. Not alive. Vital. I questioned him on this, and this is what he said. Do you know the Bayou Tapestry? It's a long, detailed and beautiful tapestry, giving a storied account of the build-up to the Battle of Hastings. It's 70 metres long, and you can see this story play out as you walk along the tapestry. I was completely lost with where this was going. It's hung in a museum in Normandy. This big physical record of history. Now, if I take that from the wall, roll it up and put it in a bag, that hasn't disappeared, has it? It just takes someone with the ability to unfurl it from the bag to be able to read it once more and make sense of that history. Do you understand? I didn't, and I told him so. He just smiled. People's life are a rich tapestry, forever held hidden in the individual. This surrounding that you have seems to have the ability to unfurl 
those tapestries. And that's why you seemingly became so sensitive as a child. However, the reason I say vital is because I strongly think that this thing has never been alive, as we would call it. I think it moves from person to person, normally down a family line. I asked about the figure I'd seen on the camera footage. Interesting, he said. Oh, it could very easily take that shape. It could also be a guardian of yours. Maybe a passed-on family member. You're currently like a magnet for spirit, with this surrounding that you have. Everyone wants their story to be unfurled. I thanked him for his time and left. I didn't divulge that I had no idea who my birth parents were, and in truth, I was freaked out at the idea there could be spirits following me now, trying to use my unwanted gift. Sorry, as I type, a cupboard door from the TV unit has just opened. The apartment I now live in is the first one I moved into after leaving my parents. I've been here five years to date, and this sort of activity is not the norm. Like I've said before, paying this surrounding any attention seems to ignite the activity. I'm sorry if these snippets are in and out of order. Genuinely, I'm typing faster in order to finish this email and move my thoughts elsewhere so as not to end up with company that I don't need. I'll end by explaining the days surrounding my father's passing. I had lived here for about two years at the time. I love my parents more than anything, and even today, I have pictures of us dotted around the house. One day in April, I woke up to find a few of the pictures laying face down where they stood. Now I stood them back up and went about my day. That evening, I returned to find every photo of me and my parents were laying flat. This freaked me out no end, but accompanying my fear was an oppression. It was as if two hands were pushing down on my shoulders. I kept thinking about my trip to the medium. I could picture, as bizarre as this seems, a withered old man stood on my shoulders, crouching to sit on my cranium. The image freaked me out so much that I ran to a mirror to double-check this wasn't the case. And thankfully, it wasn't. Sleep that night was fleeting. I woke the next morning to find three mirrors, basically every mirror that I had in the house, were all covered up. The bathroom one had a towel flung over it. The hall one had a jacket hooked on it. And a small kitchen mirror had a dishcloth draped on it. I stood and listened. 
my phone rang and I'm, I'm really sorry. As I've typed those words just now, my phone is ringing. No caller ID. One moment. I've just answered and there's no sound. My call log now just says incoming. I'm unsure if this is an attempt at humour by this surrounding. Anyway, back to the story. The call that night was my mother to say that my father had died unexpectedly through the night. To this day, I'm unsure if the pictures, the mirrors, the oppression were all this surrounding trying to tell me of my dad's passing prior to it taking place. I know there's a link between the covering of mirrors and death in some religions, but as I've said, despite the paraphernalia, my family are not, to my knowledge, religious. I've not spoken with my mother about any of this. In truth, I'm afraid of what she might say, Plus, I don't want to bring any sadness or darkness to my beautiful mother. She's truly been through enough already. Here's what I will say, though. Although we're not religious, I think that whatever this thing is, is religious. And I think my mother knows this. And I think this is why I grew up with such iconography. I also think it wants me to face it. I think this is why, as I type, I have all this stuff going on around me. I don't regret typing this email. But I will say that prior to starting it, I felt ready to do so after almost a year of no events I thought it had all passed but I'm aware now as I type I'm giving it attention I'm sure I have no idea what's next in this journey but I'll be sure to let you know P.S. There's just been three deep thuds on the ceiling and I'm the top floor apartment I think it's time I stop typing for now and go and take a walk to clear my head. Sincerely, thank you to that individual for sending that experience in. Like I mentioned at the start, I've done hundreds of podcasts, be it on this show or on my other show, We Need to Talk About Ghosts. But I've never, ever, had a listener experience sent in where the paranormal activity is going on as they type the email. Absolutely fascinating stuff. It does sound like you have some form of tulpa attached to you. Now you say at the start or at the beginning of the whole experience, it was as if a blanket went over you in that playground. One of my first things I would do, I think, is to see what the history of that playground was. Without going too tropey 
on the whole subject. We don't know what was there prior to that playground being inserted. It's also interesting how you mention you felt as if sound was removed from the area and it went completely silent. Some of you may recall from season two, when we took a look at the Amityville case, as true or as fictional as that whole account may be, one of the key things that could not be disputed was the lack of sound from the rifles that were used. And there's a theory that evil has the ability to remove sound from an area. Whether that's true or not, I guess we'll never know. And again, could this all just be a product of your mind? I don't necessarily mean your imagination, as your mother thought. I mean, are you potentially projecting some sort of telekinesis as you write these words? Is remembering all of these experiences getting you built up into some sort of heightened state where you're inadvertently creating some psychokinetic energy to go flying around your house, making thuds on the ceiling, opening cupboards and doors? Again, I guess we'll never know. But once again, sincerely thank you for such a wonderful experience. Don't forget, this is the midpoint really of season three, and it is a listener story season. So, if you're sitting on a story which you think would be suitable for the dark paranormal, then please send it on to the dark paranormal at hotmail.com. I have had a few people get in touch to say they don't feel their story is long enough for a full episode. Well, don't worry. If I collate enough shorter stories, we can do one episode where we take a look at a few stories altogether. So that wraps up today's episode. But don't forget, the next time you're discussing the paranormal, just hang your disbelief on a coat hook there and just think, what if... And I'll see you next time on The Dark Paranormal. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. 
New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.